welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast. I am one of your hosts, Jay. With me this week, just Brian. Just hey, me and Brian. Back. There we are. Yeah. Um, it's it's weird. You guys kind of keep like uh, like swapping places. So like you weren't here last week, and That's then now that you're actually, here, they're gone. Yeah, it's been actually like two weeks, but I've had some like family things pop up here. So yeah, but I'm back for sure. Um, and this is a. Uh, We've kind of turned this into a very you show, I feel like, which is cool. It well, has a lot I mean, of a lot of things that you're very uh, connected in, and that's well, that's good because it's been two weeks, like you said. <laughs> that and I mean, it, it is the twentieth anniversary of Xbox, and mm-hmm. I also may have put the docket together too again. That too, that's yeah, yeah. That might um, be a contributing factor to that. <laughs> could be, could be. Um, why don't we jump right into that? Actually. Why don't you start with this guy down here? Uh, since I had also played the other two things that you've been playing this week, we can kind of dive into those and share our mutual experiences and then transition to what I've been playing solo. Alright. So, I have picked up, um, because thanks to um, the sales going on, Guardians of the Galaxy. And... Um, three chapter or I'm on the third chapter now and I've been enjoying it so far it's the thing that really kind of stands out to me is the fact that it feels like what Avengers single player components were trying to strive for if they didn't have to try to factor in their game of service uh, aspects into that game uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's been like com- kind of like a common thing that people have been doing with or have been saying with Guardians of the Galaxy, but I've been enjoying it so far. What really kind of stands out is like the team banter that goes on in between them, uh, and the fact that you have dialogue options to uh, talk, you know, to try to steer the conversation one way or the other, and 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 doing so, I'm wondering if it's going to lead to like some Mass Effect style results because of the dialogue decisions you try to go with and already there were some decisions that also kind of remind me of kind of a Bioware-esque thing where you had to choose one thing or another and the consequences it said that like there was little things like you chose to do this so I'm wondering if there's going to be some long-lasting consequences to that yeah I could see that um I, I, I have this I have yet to open it um, and, and play it, but um, I've only heard good things. I heard the combat is incredibly satisfying. Um, it and is. It is uh, heavily, like, uh, like it's it's more of a narrative piece, almost. Uh, there, it is, the, what I heard, they kind of um, toe that line of being heavily narrative versus being heavily uh, like combat-focused. Right. Um, just kind of like a different, you know... It's, it's a different a, take. It's a different take. It's similar to Avengers in some aspects, but it personally, I feel this is definitely the better game between the two of them because it's more focused, and even... You, you play as Peter Quill, but there is the group dynamic uh, aspects towards combat that actually play out pretty easily. Essentially, what you do is... Um, for reference, I'm playing on Xbox, so you would tap left bumper, 
and it pulls up your uh, ally wheel and then you hit whichever corresponding button a b x y for different characters and then from there you do a b x y for what ability you want them to do so it's pretty easy to give out commands of hey i want you i want Groot to bind these enemies to the ground and i want drax to use his stun attack to take out that um difficult enemy stam stamina there and so it really kind of helps set you up for like different group dynamics of towards the combat and everything. Yeah, that really looks like what it was leaning toward. And I think that was a good idea, rather than uh, having them flush out all of these characters right, and making them playable and you swap between them, which is the standard thing I think people would think to do. That's what I, you know, it almost, for when this first came out, I was thinking that like they were going to take more of the ultimate alliance approach and be right. slightly similar to Avengers, probably more slightly towards what they originally intended for Avengers to be, I'm guessing. But, uh, no, this, it basically you only have to worry about learning the mechanics of playing as Peter Quill, but you can still add new abilities for your other team members. When you start off, each team member has one call-out action that you can... Uh, have them do but as you level up you can assign new actions for them that you can have call outs for how do they feel as just ais in general uh, do they do a good job yeah they do a pretty good job there was only at one point where they all went down but there's a part of me that wonders that might have been a scripted thing to get you introduced for when your allies are down to revive them you do this group huddle thing and it kind of takes you out of the combat to where you're just in a group huddle and then you have like they all say different dialogue pieces and then you're prompted with two options for dialogue that kind of coincide with what everyone's talking about to try to give everyone back on their feet and give them an attack bonus if you fail at it only you get the attack bonus but if you succeed at it then your entire team gets attack bonuses Huh. So do you feel like you missed um you, do you think it was a uh, the right direction? I think to pick just playing as um Peter or do you think it, it would have they would have benefited by having the others? I think this was them? the right direction for them to go with. I, it it keeps play combat tight um because mm -hmm. you're only having to worry about the actual gameplay mechanics of one of these characters. And then you have the rest of your squad doing their own thing, kind of like, and I keep referring back to it, like in a Bioware Dragon Age Mass Effect game, where you have other characters that are there, you're assigning them abilities, you're telling them to do stuff, but they're, they're responsible for their own actions. And honestly, they keep up with the fight pretty well in comparison to you. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. That's the biggest thing, is like if you're going to make AI... And you're going to give us all these characters, but you're only going to have one possible. Right. Like they 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 have to be able to function well. <laughs> so it seems like they it seems like they've done that. So that's good. Yeah. No, I I'm excited to keep going through this game. It's been a lot of fun, and it'll just I'll have to do my best to balance between playing this and then 
the other two games that I've been playing, Forza Horizon yeah. 5 and the Halo Infinite multiplayer. So Yeah, let's jump into a Forza. Yeah. Um, 10 million players. That is ins- that is crazy for a first week for a racing game. That's the thing that yeah. I have to like kind of keep perspective because we have had other games like this before that have had incredible uh, first weeks, but racing games tend to never be that to be that successful because it's always tends to be like a niche market for that kind of deal but oh yeah the what playground studios has done and making it just openly accessible for people to just jump in a lot of people say that the horizon games are racing games for people that are not car people and there's a lot of things to help with it uh especially with like upgrading your car you don't have to go into like if you're not familiar with cars you don't have to worry they have an auto upgrade system that will fine-tune it to the best ability that it can can that you can mm-hmm. and then there's a, a menu that you can pull up and you can see what other people have tuned their cars to uh, depending on different classes and you can just opt to down, download and install that to your car rather than just basically copy what other people have tuned their cars to. And it'll have, uh, I'm not sure like what it's called, it's that like pentagonal or hexagonal graph where you have different attributes uh, at each corner and then on the center you usually have like a square or a, um, some sort of shape that stretches to the different aspects. And so it'll give you that to compare, like, okay, there's this challenge that I have to do. I have to use a classic um, muscle car, and I suck at classic muscle cars. So I, I have one in, in my garage, and I wanted to bump this up to the best that I can, so that way I don't have to worry about it. So you can go through, and it's like, okay, so this is just purely a sprint thing, so I need to only focus, make sure that this has good speed and acceleration and launch. This guy um, optimized it for this particular class. I'm just going to download and install this, and it's going to put all the parts that I need to on there, and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. And um, on top of that, you can do the same thing with uh, your, like, physical custom, or your, um, like, exterior customizations of the car. As you see my (laughs) Jurassic Park Jeeps that I've sent you screenshots. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that in there too, and I was like, "That's awesome!" Oh my god! I, I didn't pick it up just because I haven't rolled around in the Jeep too much. But um, they make uh, just as a jump, the Jeeps make for great for the uh, uh, great vehicles for the cross country races. I, there's one in particular that I've been using quite a bit, and it it definitely does a great job for you. Nice. Um, I just can't remember but, the name of it off the top of my head. But yeah, they do um, a really good job of getting the casual racing fan pulled into this world um almost to the point of making them forget that they're playing a racing game yeah you're doing objectives you have things that are out there even if you want to play around with um uh you know something like the battle the battle royale um you know it feels it bridges a gap it reminds me of um almost something like rocket league yeah you know where it's like sports and racing combined this is like racing and 
things you like about other games that make it comfortable and feel like a comfort food all in one place. Exactly. I couldn't um, agree more with that. Yeah, and, and you know, it, like, like you were saying, you can just go and download these things. You don't have to be an expert uh, at, at tuning your um, ride. You don't have to be an expert at doing, um, like, layering and making a cool... Um, like look for your car exactly other people are doing that there was <clears throat> I, I ended up getting a um i did end up getting that um subaru wrx yeah um and another great feature you can buy from basically the catalog or other people can put their car up at auction and you can bid on it almost ebay style that is something i've yet to actually try yet and i do want check it out give that a shot it's any car that you want is up there, and if you have the funds for it, yeah. All right. You can bid on it, and um, after losing out on a couple bids, I uh, I just bought... I saw one that I liked, and I just bought it from another guy. There's the buyout, and then you can like bid on it if you want. Um, and yeah, that's really cool. I got that, and they had a... Um, they had a, a like a Rick and Morty skin. It was really really good. Like it looked like you know straight from the show. They had uh, an Invader Zim skin, um, and that is just two that I can think of for that car. And then they had some like cool blackout ones and some custom like geometric shape uh, ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, they really did a good job of making you stay invested in um, in the game for what it is and keeping those people who may not be racing fans in a racing game right i mean for me personally i've gone through all of the festival plaza stuff and now i'm into at being able to access the seasonal uh challenges so currently oh, nice. this week it's the summer season uh last week was mm -hmm. like the rainy season so i think it rotates them through each week and then you just kind of go through each different season each different week and there's different challenges to go through and I, I've been doing that to try to get like the cars with the rainy season the spring season I managed to get enough points to get a DeLorean unlocked so I was pretty pumped nice. about that yeah um, and the, the selection of cars it, is straight up ridiculous so I, I can't I, I can't even think like I can't even think of all the different types of cars. I was looking at. I expected to go into the auction house and look, and the auction house is literally just what people is, are selling. And I was looking up that Subaru WRX, and I was like, "Okay, awesome! I, I know I like this car. Let's see what's available." They had a two thousand three, a two thousand five, two thousand eight. 2013 and i'm like <laughs> do they literally have every make of this car yeah i've noticed and, that too that they have like different year models i think the <laughs> one that i ended up picking up was a 2015 subaru wrx yeah yeah i think i did a 2000 i think i did an earlier like a 2005 all right that's crazy yeah it, man but great game um you can't beat that price of for the subscription you're already paying for um, exactly, and there's a part yeah, of me that's even really if you're tempted to pick up the uh, the uh, the upgrade DLC or whatever it's called, where you get like the new content that they'll release for it, and maybe the car pass as well. 
I know that they were advertising that on sale for a bit there, um, especially pre-standard launch, because if you had gotten that, then you would have been able to start playing early, too. And there's a part of me that kind yeah. of wishes that I did start playing early, because now I'm having to balance playing this with the Halo Infinite multiplayer that just launched. Yeah, no, that, that's the kind of thing that, that kind of... Um got us we didn't expect it we talked about it right we talked about it as a rumor uh but that's a pretty good segue into the halo infinite multiplayer yeah which you and i got to you, you, we've been playing here uh on and off here this last week and just been having an absolute yeah. blast yeah um it's it's a change of pace it's it's familiar with uh you know previous yeah, Halo things, but it controls much, much, much better now. I think. Um, I think so as well. This is the best. It that feels Halo comfortable. Has probably ever felt. And the thing to also keep in mind is that this is still the beta too. So they're still fine tuning this stuff. They're still getting the data for how this is going. So this is not the official launch. This is the beta launch that's going to go on until. January eighth, uh, when Halo Infinite officially launches. Did they move it to January eighth? I thought it was December. Oh, sorry, my, I misspoke there. December eighth. For some odd reason, I have January on my mind, and I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, no, it's still December eighth. Thank God, because good, good. they actually, uh, I believe it was a few days ago. Um, there was an announcement that Halo Infinite did go gold. There it is. So yeah. Um, so it's 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 done. It's just now they're working on those um, on the on those like well, it would technically be a day one patch. Yep. Um. So and they've already found things that they need to balance out. Uh, you know, looking at um, the battle pass is one of the biggest things that I, that I think I've seen. And as well, there was a. Uh, we experienced a matchmaking issue, right? Um, in 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 the big game, but you know those things taken into consideration, um, that we're not even supposed to be playing this yet. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's very, uh, just minor things in comparison to some of the things <laughs> that we've, um, you know, that we've ran into previously in like other games, like yeah. It's just, just not being able to play at all. Exactly. So. They're they're fine tuning it now, and like what you mentioned here was like the the big complaint that people had for it was the mm -hmm. battle pass progression and the difficulty of some of the challenge the weekly challenges that they had. Uh, and I definitely could speak to this as someone that initially was able to get their weekly challenges down to just the final two, but looking at the final two that I had, I was looking at them like there's no way I'll be able to do any of these. So uh, after a couple of days um, after the launch, they decided to, after getting this kind of feedback, to revamp that progression and also the challenges. They got rid of some of the challenges that were deemed too difficult that people probably normally wouldn't be able to get to complete. And they also changed up the overall progression. Excuse me. For your battle pass previously um, it well it's still based on completing challenges uh, 
but now it's a little bit easier to do because you have your daily challenges, which are typically just complete a game. And this right. keeps going and keeps going. That doesn't ever expire. It just keeps reoccurring. So what they've done is now that every time you complete a game, you get 50 XP. Previously, what it used to be is it would ladder up in how many games you needed to complete in order to complete that challenge. It would give you more XP, but it required you to play more games to get that challenge completed. Now it's just a standard, hey, just complete a game, you get 50 XP, goes to your battle pass. So sure. that's good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, hitting those balancing things early, it's super smart. I think we talked about it when we were playing, um, just on how intelligent this decision is uh, from the point of, you know, we know as gamers, we know exactly what um, happens day one mm -hmm. for a big game like this. There's issues. Um, they were able to curb those issues and limit the amount of people that were playing by ghost dropping the game early on an anniversary date, which we'll get into a little bit more later in the show. Mm -hmm. um, so they got a, a smaller cohort of people on early, still a lot of people, but a smaller co cohort. And then throughout that day, it amped up. Throughout that week, it ramped up more. It just kept going and it's building. So it allowed them to slowly build their server space instead of going, it's launching at this time. Exactly. Okay, it's live. Everybody try to get in at the same time. And then it just, you know, something malfunctions. And um, the other nice thing that they're doing a part of that is they're opening up the actual battle pass, the first season battle pass. And whatever you do in the beta for this one will carry over into the full launch. So whatever progress you do... Yeah you get to keep it this time. Whereas previously with the test flights where they did the battle pass, uh, that stuff, it was just a one-time thing and it would be gone after the test flight was over with. Right, right. So yeah, um, and, and it allows them to balance in this time between this uh, surprise launch and the actual official day one. So they don't run into any of those issues. Not saying that there won't be any issues. There definitely could be. It's an online game that any online game at launch will always have issues. It's always been that way. And it's just because you're adding in a massive human element to it. You just can't accommodate for everything. But this is just... It, when, when we talk about just video game intelligence. Yeah. You know, that things that companies do that are just intelligent that... Like, you go, oh, wow. Like, I see them do it now, and it seems so obvious. Exactly. It's so smart. Um, well, so, as, yeah, as they say, fantastic. hindsight is always twenty twenty. so. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but I, I could see this being, um, being a, like, a standard thing. It's almost like they're taking the idea and the mentality of something like um, an early access. Right. And... They're ghost dropping an early access for the game so they can benefit from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder if this was the plan the whole time. I wouldn't be surprised if it was, to be honest. I, yeah. I mean, when it, the leak started coming out and the fact that there was no denial of it, and uh -huh. it, it just felt like more than likely, Little sus. this is probably what <laughs> they were always going to tend to do, especially since. Halo Infinite's uh, launch was going to miss the 20th anniversary date for both Halo 1 and the Xbox. I know that was a 
big important thing that they wanted to be able to do but it just seemed like development just wasn't going to play in that feature you know for them to be able to do that they were just going to need that extra month and Mm -hmm. I guarantee that this was probably going to be this was the plan all along as after that they announced that it was going to be December 8th and people like oh they're going to be missing the anniversary it's like nah we got something still planned for that don't worry yeah, it, it, yeah. it's too Real important smart. of a date for them to be able to not for them to not have something like this happen. Yeah, just Xbox making making incredibly smart decisions. Yes, every step of the way. Like, I, and it's not I. It's not something that I would be. Um, like, I wouldn't be someone who that they would have ever considered a fanboy of of like xbox i guess maybe a playstation i played a lot of playstation um but you know i I was always um you know kind of optimistic you know if they provide x y or z it's it's worth it if it's a worthwhile thing i'm going to spend money on it because i love to support things that are doing good well it's Um, it's part of that competitive marketplace mentality that allows customers to actually benefit from this like by having these companies come out with these ideas to try to garner better attention from their, you know, from potential consumers, we're going to just get better and better, more enticing things uh, mm-hmm. to try to get us to be in their ecosystem, be buying their games, that kind of deal. So Xbox has all this stuff going, coming out, which means that PlayStation will have to step up their game. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do in response to all of this goodwill. And then when that yeah. happens, Xbox will have to step up their game. Because originally all this stuff came about because PlayStation trounced them last generation. PlayStation 4 was one of the best-selling consoles um, of all time. It was up there in competition with things like the Wii. And so yeah. Xbox had to step their game up. And we're now seeing the fruits of that labor come yeah their 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 master plan really coming together um and in doing something that was uh, quite frankly i would say off playstation's radar yeah um so incredibly smart let's take the you know one of our biggest franchise titles let's bring it back let's do it for free for those people who are subscribing to us well it's um, it's not free yeah. for people who subscribe. It's just free, like they're. Oh, it is just free. Yeah, right? or at least as far as the multiplayer goes, like it is a yeah. free to play game. If you have an Xbox or a PC, you can play this. You don't have to yeah. be bought in onto any service in order to play it. Yeah, so I mean, th- there you go. Like more so, exactly. You know, just kind of feeding in. They went from that like. Um, like war mentality. Let's 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 do the best to defeat our enemy. They went from thinking, I think, thinking in that mentality to going, you know what? It's not even about the enemy. It's not about us. Exactly. Let's go ahead and just give it to the fan. Let's give it to the consumer, the people who are buying these things, and you know, see see how see how that works out. Yeah. And it's it's worked out. I think so. It's worked out real well for. Them. Yeah, this makes me excited for the future of this generation of console, both for Xbox and PlayStation, because if we're getting this kind of, you know, care for the, you know, for the consumers on this kind of level here, it, it, the players yeah. are going to win ultimately on this. 
Yeah, yeah. And and talking about that, I mean, we didn't even mention, we're talking about Halo Infinite's multiplayer. We didn't even mention the cost on the Battle Pass and what that entails, because that's an amazing deal. Yeah, it's... For everything that you get. Yeah, it's... it's um, For the Battle Pass, it's $10 for, just like in Fortnite and all the other ones, uh, to just get your standard Battle Pass to unlock cosmetic stuff. There's also yeah. a, uh, I believe for nineteen twenty dollars or something like that, you can get like the premium version of it, where you get the battle pass and can unlock the first twenty five levels of it. I believe is yeah. how it goes. Yeah, which is really typical. You see that in things like Call of Duty yeah. as well, but in Fortnite. If you don't want to pay for the battle pass, that's fine because there are stuff that you can still unlock. It's just not as frequent without the battle pass. And I was kind of looking yep. through this this morning just to kind of I was curious to see like what is the difference between the free stuff and the um, the battle pass stuff. And I noticed that the way that they're doing it is it's via different armor base builds. So. If you're just playing the game without paying for anything, you have what is called the Mark Seven armor. That's like the new generation of Spartan armor, and all your free cot free stuff that you get um, is either your uh, weekly challenge swaps. Um, so if you're not familiar with that, if you have a weekly challenge that you don't think that you can complete, you can earn up to a point where you get a challenge swap where you can just trade that out for hopefully. Uh, RNG will give you a better challenge that you can do. Or it's cosmetic items for the Mark VII armor. Now for the paid battle pass, it, this season's called the Heroes of Reach. So what you get is you get a different armor build called the Mark V-B armor, which is from uh, Halo Reach. So you get all the cosmetic armor items f that you would remember from playing Halo Reach. And then there's even builds for that for characters from that game, like June, Carter, Cat, George, Emil. You can unlock those for that. And that's just a separate base armor set. And then what they're yeah. also going to do for free are these limited time runs, which start this coming Tuesday as of recording this podcast where you have the chance to unlock specialty armor, which I believe, I forget what the name of it is called, but it's the samurai armor that they teased when they first showed the Halo multiplayer at E3 this year. And it looks real good. It does. <laughs> yeah, so um, a, a lot going on with this. So a lot of free games that we've uh, already covered in, in just, the, just these few. Um, and uh, looking at the other game, you mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, for me, what I've been playing solo, aside from these, if, aside from Forza and um, What Halo, have you been playing? Far Cry 6. And how has um, that been? It has been... It's been good. Um, I, I like the... Um, I, I like what Ubisoft does with Far Cry. Um, I've been a fan for a long time. Um, what really got me in was um, the video game engine that they had been using at the time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they had a level designer built into the early Far Cries. So I didn't even play a lot of the... I, I played them, 
but I spent a lot more time building levels in the early Far Cries rather than playing the actual game. Um, That's pretty and cool. yeah, it, it was it was really cool back then. Um, and you know, since then, Far Cry has become a mainstay Ubisoft title. It's it's a, a big a, a big thing for them, and it's it's really good. It's good to see their. Um, their inclusion, them trying to embrace, uh, you know, like embrace things. Um, in um, in this, you know, you get to pick, uh, you know, which kind of, you know, what what you want to be. Um, they and they didn't lock you down by doing that weird thing where they're like, do you want to be um, a male or female? Awesome. What do you want your name to be? And then they just went with a general well, neutral name, so that way you can swap neutral. between the male and female in one upset with the uh, dialogue or anything like that. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can do that, right? I, you know, but it doesn't work in um, a heavy story uh, based thing. It works well in something like uh, Forza, right? Where you know it just says like like to me, you know, and, and well, for you, it's probably like, hey, Brian, and, you know, it just kind of goes on because it's just a general thing. Right. But having a, an actual voice actor or actress emote um, is, is pretty, pretty big, um, you know, especially going through what you'd consider a, uh, well, I know that you, you know, like a massive story. Yeah. I know that Ubisoft has been delving into this kind of stuff for a while now with their Assassin's Creed franchise because in both Odyssey and Valhalla you can choose between a male or female protagonist Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's exactly they just kind of brought that uh brought that idea over here um but yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Um, I haven't dug too much into the story. I find myself, of course, going around uh, exploring, liberating things, unlocking armor, just seeing how different things work. They have a lot of weapons, um, and uh, it's it's actually really cool. They have a lot of weapons, and then they have a lot of weapons that are um, like modified, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, so uh, this one takes place on a fictional um, like Caribbean island called Yara, um, and, and it's kind of it has a lot of like um, like Cuban influence. Um, there's a basically like a president that I, I don't know the whole story because I'm not all the way you know there, but the the president um, is creating a. Uh, a cancer treatment drug from Yara's uh, tobacco that they produce. Yeah, they, it's they like some sort of red something. leaf plant. I think I remember that from the trailers. Yes, and it's uh, it, it's also a pretty good poison. Gotcha. Uh, as it turns out, um, so he's oppressing uh, the entirety of Yara, and there's a, a guerrilla like freedom fighter uh, force that is you know, trying to push him out at the same time the president has a son um that i don't think wants to be there gotcha um but i think there's going to be a pretty big twist when it comes to that son so 
you know, we'll we'll see what's going on with that. But it'll be yeah, kind of like your typical Far Cry fashion, where in the previous games you're res- presented with some moral decisions of like, do I do stuff that is actually in line with the person that I'm actually technically fighting against, or am I going full on revolutionary? Right, right. Um, but yeah, massive map, lots of lots of fun stuff to do, a lot of ways to uh, you know approach situations. Um, you know, if you want to be stealthy, you totally can. I feel like a lot of people choose that. Or you can go in there loud and die three times uh, before, <laughs> before you figure it out. Or you can send um, Guapo in. Or you can send in Guapo, the uh, alligator, um, to mess everyone up. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it, it's fun. Combat's, you know, to be expected. Uh, you know, if you've ever played a Far Cry before. If not, it's, you know, basically a first-person uh, first person shooter um, with its kind of own signature style and um, I, the thing that always gets me is the uh, the fire yeah they do a great job and they've done it since the beginning um, of Far Cry the way their fire spreads um, it, it it feels it feels interesting you can literally light a fire and burn an entire countryside down jeez I, I mean, I if kinda, you want to be that kind of person, I kind of vaguely remember that from this time of playing Far Cry Four with a friend of mine, that mm-hmm. where we both got into elephants with flamethrowers and we're just torching everything that we could find. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can do that. Um, so, and and it's kind of encouraged. Uh, that's one of the first specialty weapons they give you is a flamethrower um, for the tobacco fields. Gotcha. So good times. Um, so I'll be digging more into that. I think How's the, uh, I'm pretty much in line with in line with you on how far you are into um, with guardians. Guardians, yeah. yeah. How's the um, the backpack uh, launcher? I know that was a big mechanic with. <laughs> it's fun. It's it's really fun. It's uh, basically an extra button uh, that you can press that is a kill this thing I'm looking at button. All right. Um, I use it a lot for anti-aircraft because uh, up to this point I haven't been given something that launches explosives yet. All right. Um, so I'll be liberating an area, and I always try a different approach. You know, I'll try I'll try going through and not shooting a bullet and clearing an area, Just, uh, and then the next one, stabby. Uh, Next one, I'll stand way out, and I'll try to snipe everybody. All right. And then the next one, I'll go in just super loud, flamethrowers and shotguns, um, and, and telling Guapo to eat everything. Um, and he does. It's fun. Uh, they need to give Guapo a little Loki helmet, just a, a tribute <laughs> to uh, the Loki TV series. Yeah. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it... Uh, I, I, the approach, the, the different approach, they're really fun. Um, just the, uh, like, the opportunities that you have. Um, and it, I, I do feel that sometimes. Like, I'll look at something, uh, especially in, you know, in, in some games, you'll look at it and be like, okay, how do I want to approach this? Or you have to lock yourself into a specific play style because mm-hmm. you're kidding your character out that way. And this is, uh, I, I look at it as a fan service that they're doing, allowing you to do whatever you want right. at any time. Just making it a um, big playground. Yeah, yep, that's exactly what it is. And, 
yeah, I, I just I, I still love the engine. I know they've. Um, I don't remember what they used originally. Um, it might have been a modified version of the Crisis engine, the Cry engine. That would make sense. Just um, remembering how Crisis One was like. Yeah, and um, I, I know uh, Ubisoft. I think they have that, but they, you know, they, they're of course using the Duna engine, uh, the Duna Two engine okay. to be specific. Um, Wait, no, Crisis was EA. So would they have? Would Ubisoft have had access to the Crytek engine? Well, Crisis is a different. Um, it's its own company altogether. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they just published um, through EA then. Yeah, let, let me look up their Duna engine really quick okay. just to see where that comes from. Because I know they use that. Um, let's see. Yeah, and it's different from the things that they. So the what they use for um, the Duna engine for. Yeah, Duna engine is a software fork of the Cry engine developed by Crytek. All right. Um, where did they break off? Duna Engine 2 was introduced for Far Cry 3 in 2012. Um, and they're still using the Duna Engine all the way up to Far Cry 6, but they've upgraded it to the Duna Engine 2 to uh, allow things such as like ray tracing support all right. um, and things like that. Um, but the other engine that they use that I'm a massive fan of, probably my favorite engine they use, uh, they use it on South Park, uh, <laughs> Mario and Rabbids, uh, Starlink, uh, but most notably seen in those Tom Clancy's The Division trailers. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. How good those looked? The character, like, walking through the snow, and you see, like, the toe drag in the snow. Or if you've ever lived in a snowy region, you know what I'm talking about, where the snow kind of rolls yeah. off of the front of your toe as, as you drag. Um, the snowdrop engine can do that, but more so it does this other thing. Whereas, uh, you, you know, on, like, a desktop of a computer, you always see, like, I don't know, I remember being a kid and doing it where you can like click and hold and drag and you create a box and you can select multiple things. Yeah. Um, they can do that, but with buildings. All right. In the engine. And then it just <laughs> generates the buildings themselves. It, it's yeah. almost like and procedurally they can edit. generating these buildings. Which kind of makes yep, sense. Created Thinking about like some of the Ubisoft games, like some of the villages I remember from like Valhalla and Odyssey and stuff. It's just like, all right, these are very similar set up here and stuff like that but it does make it very useful for like city setting city settings where you have a lot of similar buildings right beside each other rather than individually yeah. create each one you can just populate it with pre-done up buildings and then maybe fine-tune them later on yeah it creates this really cool thing where they have basically like i think of it as like a box right let's put all of the building fronts that we make um, no matter what in this big box and then they feed that box to the tool and the tool just randomly generates you're like I want this building to be like uh, red brick so sort by red brick and then it applies randomly all those red brick and you can go in and uh, edit each piece if you want you know what I, I know I specifically want red brick 3 for this mm -hmm. so I'm going to use red brick 3 for this building um, it's really really smart but I feel like we got off tr uh, topic a lot. Um, and, and it's kind of a throwback to the way Austin and I used to do the show. Uh, not only getting off topic, but you know, digging into uh, what makes them tick. That's all um, so that was fun. <laughs> but yeah, um, Far Cry, it's a great game. Yeah, good technology. It's, uh, it's fun. And a lot of these things, actually, those two things that 
you know what you've been playing solo and what I've been playing solo, aka uh, the things that we did not get for free. Um, during this holiday season, you can pick up. There's tons of buy two get one freeze that are hanging out right now. Yep. Um, and the digital and, stores and for both money. for pretty much all the consoles have really good deals going on. I got Guardians for forty bucks. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Guardians is a very new game too. Like it just oh, yeah. came out. Yeah. Um, I, I know right now PlayStation has. Uh, they have, I think, between thirty and sixty percent off right now. Xbox, I guarantee, has something very similar going on. So yeah, <clears throat> we are um, in the throw of the holiday season. Uh, but with that, um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, this is a Mammoth Games Cast. Uh, we've run through all of your weekly video game news, which we haven't got to yet because we've been talking about ourselves uh, for roughly forty-five minutes. <laughs> But let's jump into that. All right. uh, if you guys get the chance, head over to facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Check out all the top news and video game stuff there. As well, follow us on Twitter, at Mammoth Games Inc. So you know when we go live, do jump just like this. Um, we always talk about the Epic Game Store. We'll do that again this week. Uh, free games that you can pick up right now, even if you're just building a collection and don't have a PC, or if you are looking for something new to play. Uh, you have a few. Um, up until November 25th, you'll be able to pick up Guild of Dungeoneering, uh, which is a uh, card-based uh, dungeon crawler, uh, turn-based, um, where you don't really control the person, but you control what they run into next. So you're really crafting a dungeon for a dungeon crawler, which is a pretty cool, interesting take. Um, uh, this other one is uh, an exhibition it, more of an exhibition called uh, Kid of Manisa. Um, it's based off of um, some Radiohead music, so you'll hear a lot of Radiohead as you're going through this interactive exploration kind of experience thing, um, which is pretty interesting. Um, and the last one is Never Alone. Um, this one is, is actually pretty interesting. I had to dig into it um, to really see what it's about. Um, but it's about a an Alaskan native people, and the story is drawn from a story that has been shared across several generations. So it's almost like a folk, uh, like a like like a folk story, um, that you know, maybe generations generations have just passed down and talked about. Right. Um, but all in all, it is a kind of like puzzle platform indie game. It does have co op um, and things like that. Um, so yeah, it looks like it has. Um, it kind of hits all of those. Um, it kind of scratches all those uh, yeah, different types of uh, like itch that you might have uh, for something that is uh, a platformer, uh, an indie game, a puzzle game, uh, a narrative story-driven game. It kind of touches all of that. It looks um, looks good. If you want to compare this to something, you could compare it to something like. Um, maybe limbo that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind yeah i definitely see a lot of um similarities between those two games here yeah uh but that's that's your um that's your epic game store freebies uh for this week that's free uh, from now we're recording the podcast um on november 21st that'll be free until november 25th uh whereas after that um there's two that are announced uh you have the um Ant Stream Welcome or Epic Welcome Pack, um, which is over a thousand retro games. 
so it's Antstream Arcade. Um, and I see a ton of familiar uh, faces in there. So Mortal Kombat, um, I see uh, Pac-Man, um, it looks like Contra and several others. Um, and then as well, uh, there is The Hunter, Call of the Wild, which looks like a hunting game. So there you go. That's your freebies that are that you can pick up now. Looks like some really interesting uh, experimental stuff. And then next week they kind of or uh, the the next round it looks like kind of move into a different space. So pick those up. This is Jay, and if you're enjoying this episode of the Mammoth Games Cast, don't forget to follow and review us on your favorite podcast service. Now back to the show. All right. Yeah, let's jump into the news. Um, again, first story, massive use story. Uh, we kind of alluded to it earlier, but the uh, Xbox 20th anniversary had some good announcements. Yeah, we we touched on probably the biggest announcement, and that was the fact that they surprised us with the Halo Infinite multiplayer beta launching on Monday. Yeah. So we've talked quite a bit about that already. Um, but, I mean, if you got xbox or you're on steam definitely pick it up give it a shot it's it's a ton of fun uh they also announced that they are doing 70 new games um for backwards compatibility and fps boosting dating back from the original xbox and the xbox 360 catalogs and some of the uh some of the games that they talked about here include the max Payne trilogy fear series and star wars jedi academy Nice. Ah, oh, fear. Remember oh, fear? That was a good game. That was yeah, Monolith. Ugh. I'd love to see some something rear its head. Fear again. Yeah, maybe with this good getting stuff. the backwards compatibility, it might be some uh, a signal saying, "Hey, you guys should uh, maybe come back to this here." Yeah, everyone go play fear. Uh, all the fear games yeah. when when it comes out. We need more Alma in here. <clears throat> so yeah. Um, that's pretty big, the um, Halo TV series as well. Yep. Um, now this is going to make me consider getting the Paramount Plus subscription, where I previously did not, was going to dis- dismiss this, because I've been trying to figure out, like, alright, what do I actually need? What do I not need? And apparently Master Ch- the um, Halo series will be coming to Paramount Plus. They dropped a little teaser trailer of him suiting up, putting the helmet on, and then you hear Jen Taylor's iconic voice acting for Cortana saying um, you know hello Master Chief and yeah oh boy so yeah that looks like that one's in 2022 Uh, more recent uh, reason to pick up the uh, Paramount Plus subscription Um, there is going to be a uh, South Park special on Thanksgiving Day on Paramount Plus oh really so there's that yeah. Is it just um, going to be the Thanksgiving special, like the pandemic special that they had when they first came back? What was that, last year when they did that? <laughs> it, it, it isn't going to be like that. Um, this one's supposed to be a post-COVID world that they're talking about. Well, that's really and optimistic of them. <laughs> the kids are not kids anymore. This is much later in life really? for their adults. Randy's old. He's kind of looking like, uh, like, like his dad. In, in the traditional show that you think about. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get to kind of catch up with them much later in life that to see what's going on. That would be interesting to see. 
yeah so i'm excited um that's definitely a plan for thanksgiving for for me um so yeah just a, another good reason to get that and there's tons of other great shows that are on there and that won't be the only time south park's doing something um with uh, paramount plus so it's a good deal yeah so all right other things Let's that they see, said listen. that they were doing an xbox docuseries called power on six part okay. series looking back at the creation of the original xbox members of the team <laughs> and then something about what's in the xbox vault oh dwayne rock johnson was uh an integral part of the xbox debut and he had uh, a bit part that he played during the uh, during the video on, unveiling, yeah. right? Sorry, I was struggling for yeah, words he, there for a moment there. <clears throat> yeah, he was there for the unveiling at that, um, you know, at that show talking about the original Xbox. So it looks like he has, um, yeah, it looks like he is uh, aged much better than I part have. <laughs> than in twenty has. years. <laughs> oh man, because I think. I think he eats all of the souls of the WWE superstars that uh, get released. That makes sense. It keeps him young. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it, it looks like he's doing some stuff with uh, with this um, vault, um, just kind of talking a little bit more, uh, a little bit more about. Every that. time we say vault, um, I think of the energy drink that came out like ten years ago with the uh, vault. Vault, get to it. It was. It was green, right? Yes, it was green, like toxic green, probably because like it was toxic. toxic. And we still ingest it. Yeah, um, but <laughs> like, how crazy is it that it's been twenty years since the original Xbox, since Halo One, and everything that's come out since then? That yeah, where does that time fly? Well, I mean, it is their business to make us have fun. True. So. There's that. Um, as well, kind of going uh, in the same line, um, it looks like uh, there was some conversation about Elder Elder Scrolls Six um, and exclusivity. Right. Um, um, Phil Spencer had um, he was in an interview and he reiterated that Bethesda's exclusivity with Xbox platform and PC was not part. You know wasn't to do something to like punish other consoles or anything like this is just part of their whole acquisition process that you know they they want their franchises to be the focus and bethesda is now one of their franchises and i i know we debated about this earlier this year and stuff but i mean this just makes sense that elder Scrolls 6 would end up becoming uh, an xbox and pc exclusive because just the sheer amount of money Xbox dropped to acquire Bethesda. It was more money than Disney spent on uh, Marvel and Star Wars combined, I believe. I mean, you can fact check on that, but I'm fairly certain that they spent more than uh, what Disney spent to acquire and Marvel and Star Wars. I do go back and forth on that, though, on the, on the fact that like on, on what they could do and i thought it was a good opportunity for xbox to get their fingers on a little bit of what sony's making on that game as well and on any game right that's going to be bethesda um that seems like a smart decision uh like hey 
you can play this game. Now this is a first-party game, and with first-party games, from everything that we know, they go to Game Pass day one. Exactly. Um, and then with the so, accessibility with xCloud, you can still potentially be able to play this without needing to buy an Xbox. You just have to buy into the Game Pass Ultimate to be able to access xCloud. And you can literally play yeah. it on... Well, I mean, you could just still you you're still able to play it on PC. Which, let's face it, that is, there's no way that they were going to take that away from uh, players, especially with the massive modding community that the Elder Scrolls series create you know has created. Yeah. From that modding community, it becomes a gateway for people to get into the industry themselves. A lot of people end up getting hired into studios because of the things they mod for free for games like the elder scrolls so there was no way that yeah this wasn't coming to pc but i definitely saw that this was going to become as far as consoles were concerned xbox exclusive and i'm i mean granted i, I know on this podcast here i'm the xbox fanboy i'm not going to shy away from that but for me that means that this elder scrolls 6 gets to be optimized for the console experience because let yeah we remember how Skyrim launched on the original Xbox 360 and PlayStation, in particular how it was on PlayStation 3. It was rough, especially with it it trying to commute, you know, yeah. work with the cell chip and everything. So uh, that is that is if you're a PlayStation fan and you've never got anything on Xbox, that is the silver lining. The silver lining is you can get an Xbox or you can get it on <laughs> PC and with that subscription, it comes included, theoretically. Right. They haven't officially said that, but that's exactly what, what Game Pass is all about. But I, I do feel like it is a little bit of a missed opportunity um, from putting it on something like uh, a PlayStation and having and charging them $60. I wonder... If you want to play it elsewhere. I, so I wonder what the like how they came to that decision, where they're looking at that, you know, in that sense, like money that they could be getting from a platform and saying no we don't want their that platform's money i gotta think that they've got some their financial analysts are probably looking at this long term and that they're trying to focus everything on getting people onto game pass i think yeah, that's just pulling people in right? and we talked about it before that game pass is really their next gen uh console it's not and that the Xbox Series X and S are just the platforms to be able to access Game Pass. I think this is the reason why they're doing this exclusively is they they want people in on that surface. Yeah, and that's and so it's interesting that it one outweighs the other. I you know they look at I'm going to say that they probably look at the success of things like Netflix, and they want to pioneer how to do subscription-based access for video games like what Netflix did for um, visual media, TV, and movies. Yeah. And they're, they also see the benefit of like what Netflix is doing where they're trying to move away from existing IP with other studios to where they're trying to develop their own internal IP. So that way they don't have to worry about relinquishing rights to different stuff and I would imagine that this that plays a factor into Xbox's acquisition process mm -hmm. yeah so so I mean ultimately <clears throat> I mean 
you theoretically can play this in a ton of places um, with xCloud. Uh, you, you have... You have a lot of opportunity to play this in other places, like especially if you're looking at if you have a smartphone. Guess what? You just need the subscription, and there you go. You can play it right on your smartphone with a controller. Right, any controller too. You're done. So you can still sync up your PS5 <laughs> Dual uh, Sense and still be able to play it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of options. Um, it's interesting. I can't wait to see what you know what that does for uh, going forward with something like xCloud and, and things like that as well. I can't wait to see what Sony, is like their, their response to this is. The gamer community, we already know what their response right. is going to be. It, it, it's um, going to be very polar depending on what camp you in, but I think... But they have to have some sort of, like, uh, like not, not I want to say plan, yeah. because you can't really go, oh, I have a plan to, you know this is the thing that's going to take over Elder Scrolls for us over on PlayStation. But, like, I, 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 think, I think that's a, a competition move. And I think that's going to force uh, Sony to go, like, hey, what, you know, what can we create that is um, our own? Well, I think... Our own first-party version of I that. think they have a good library of both IP and studios that they can tap into for that. I mean, let's face it, PlayStation oh, yeah. Studios... Are known for game of the year after game of the year award winning titles. Last of Us, you know, just to name one right off the bat, God of War, another one. So it's not like PlayStation doesn't already have existing exclusive IPs that are extremely, you know, have, have been able to produce incredibly high accolades to them. And Xbox wants to be wants that for themselves as well and so that's why they are acquiring for that because that was also their biggest criticism of all previous generations that they just didn't have that and because of that people didn't have a reason to pick up a xbox console right all right so something we'll keep an eye on i'm interested um i, I can't man, i can't wait to see something elder scroll oriented and i feel like we're still like years off. Oh yeah. Well, we got Starfield next year, so that's going to be taking up all of the attention for the time being because they've been working on that for years, and they're going to want to put as much marketing towards Starfield as they can. I'm excited to see what that is going to be like. Yeah. No. That's. Um, yeah. Starfield. Starfield. Hopefully, is a big one. I'm trying not to like hype it up too much. But you kind of kind of can't help it when you think about like what um, Bethesda does title wise, um, and and the longevity of something like that. So we they haven't really ever had the opportunity to get into a um, to focus quite like this. So it, hopefully, hopefully that means the game is going to be as get the best launch version of something like Starfield exactly um, as possible so uh, silver lining there folks alright let's get into the train wreck portion yep um, to pull one. the rug out from underneath of you of all these good vibes and also to pull out the rug underneath the uh, attempts at trying to save his own image Bobby Kotick is back in the news so 
there was a Wall Street Journal article that came out this week, and basically it it is just it's. I know we keep going into the Activision Blizzard stuff, but this is like I don't know how they can really come back on this, but like I, I'm I'm actively trying to steer us away from it, right? But the news that happens is so big. You can't that you, you really you can't. just can't. Like, it's it's a gravity well that just drags everyone else in because of just the notoriety of this company and what it's done for the gaming industry and how how much of an influence it has with everyone else and in particular like you know console developers and stuff. But to get into what um, happened here in the uh, in the article by the Wall Street Journal that. It just basically shows that Bobby Kotick was fully aware of the sexual assault um, claims that were made, that some of them it were against him directly, I believe is mm-hmm. what it said in here. I don't yeah, he did a an um I believe he did an out of court settlement right. Um, There's yeah. also a threat that he had made to kill an assistant over a voicemail that he made in 2006. Yeah. This this scum needs to be scrubbed from Activision. And that's what they're trying to do. Um, they, they... An unprompted walkout happened. Right. Um, across... Uh, was it this past week? Um, so they had the original planned walkout. Right, that happened a while ago. And then ago. when this, when basically when Jason Schreier's piece hit and, and more things were brought to light, employees were like, hey, time to hit the picket line again. <laughs> um, so uh, it, it's um, some, pretty, some pretty dark stuff um, that should, you know... It's it's this is twenty. You shouldn't even think about this is twenty twenty one. There has to be some sort of level of accountability put in place in these kinds of organizations. That even if this this stuff shouldn't exist, that's that's all there is to it. And unfortunately, yeah. it still does. And not only does it still happens, we still have people trying to play off like it's nothing. The board is still defending Bobby Kotick and saying that he, at this time of recording, that he should remain in the position that he's at. Despite allowing for all this stuff to happen, despite mm-hmm. actually allowing for harassment in this company gets so bad that a woman commits suicide because of it, it is just, it is absolutely unacceptable. And it, 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 unfortunately, the thing is, is that this is all over in industry, in gaming industry, yeah. and just in the workplace in general. And I, like I noticed this before, like this is twenty twenty one. We should be better than this. And yeah. and I, I'm tired of like hearing like people trying to defend this, like oh we don't want to, you know, upset things too much and stuff. And you know things get better over time. It's like. No, this is stuff that is just flat out wrong, is legal, is morally wrong. And when we find these things out, the, we should stop defending these people. There should be actual consequences for these actions. Otherwise, they are allowed to continue. I, 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 do, um, I, I do point out uh, that 
it's it's interesting to see the dynamic of somebody in a, a high position getting called out for things that he has done wrong and still has that position because the people that he surrounded himself with are able to keep him in that position yeah um it, it shows it shows the power kind of goes beyond the man right because the man has stacked the deck in his favor exactly and essentially that's you've 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 nailed it why he's been able to stay in power and that's because the checked um the power check that is supposed to be working to keep him well you know to keep this situation from happening mm-hmm. is supporting his, this so it's not yeah it's not offering the balance to you know to off you know to counteract what is happening here because Bobby Kotick has made enough money to make the people on the board happy he's you know he's he's done his job to make sure that they are in his pocket, and so yeah yeah, and and somehow they think that this will all be fine, it'll all blow over, and so they're still supporting their boy being in the top position, and that's the thing that's yeah. just mind boggling to me is that if they're making you know if they're that vain enough that they're making this off of based off like financial success and stuff like that they have to read the tea leaves on this and see that there is no future for him that like yeah that he's hurting more than more than helping. yeah and that there is no, no matter his direction yeah there is no comeback for this and it's getting to the right. point where you have the heads of both playstation jim ryan and the head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, speaking out against these allegations and starting to reevaluate their relationship with Activision Blizzard, whom, if you're not aware of, it, like pretty much for like any Call of Duty title, or in the past, like it was a big thing, big thing with like Destiny One, that Activision Blizzard usually will make console exclusive content for one or the other depending on how much money is being offered at the time and the success of the console and now these yeah. now the two consoles that you used to cater towards and be able to depend on you know these bidding wars to get exclusive content for your titles are now reevaluating the relationship with your company because of how badly this has been yeah, this has been handled. This has been all botched and everything like that. And yet, despite that, the board still is backing up um, Bobby Kotick. That's the thing that is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And it's interesting to look at the people that are that he surrounded himself with. Um, th- these date back to 1990. You know, Brian Kelly, who is. Uh, a board chair, board chairman, um, started w- with Activision. They purchased their first stake in 1990, um, and then there's uh, the lead independent director Robert uh, Morgado. Um, Morgado. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Going he's to a one. former CEO of Warner Music Group. Uh, was forced to resign after controversial uh, restructuring plan and has been on Activision's board since '97. 
Um, and then it continues on, you know. Um, another another person held a seat since 2003. This uh, The fifth director held his seat since 2003, although he took years of leave during uh, his company's merger with Vivendi Games. Um, and all of these people are keeping Bobby Kotick kind of surrounded. It's almost like a human shield it, it's, around him. Yeah, it's befuddling, to be honest. It's just... It's like this is hurting you. Yeah, your company is bottom. Their bottom line is to make money to continue to um, make make money to make the things that can pay the people that make these things. Th- these guys don't make anything. They're CEOs. Right. They just stand around in a suit and then make the bad decisions that make things like uh, like uh, like. Um, cyberpunk fail you know they just they're the people that make those decisions for whatever god awful reason for a plan that was created by you know for a system that was designed by them you know right it's like they make the rules and then now that they've made the rules and they have the funds to do so well it's just they yeah make the rules for other things that they have no earthly business in making rules for it 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 makes me honestly kind of question like what what is it about bobby that makes him so vital to keeping at the company because as you mentioned the games are games are made by the developers not the ceo and just to pull up uh just the wikipedia and stuff the basic responsibilities of a CEO. What does a CEO do? CEOs are responsible for managing companies' overall operations. This may include delegating, directing agendas, driving profitability, managing company organizational structure, strategy, and communications with the board. That is something that, in my mind, you can interchange out. That's not, like, it's, that is not key-specific to one company or the, or another you can swap out CEOs from one to another and not have to worry about this stuff and let's be honest there are companies out there that have far better CEOs that do take care of their own but there to me like I mean a lot of the times especially in these <clears throat> cases they are the fall guy that they can pin all the blame to and then they can kick out with a golden parachute but for whatever reason that hasn't even been the case here yeah, yeah, and uh, looking at just how deep rooted um, these things are within this company, I mean, I, I was, um, I, I was, I was against it previously, saying no, we could remove the things that are bad about this company, and 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 they could continue, but it really, in in this instance, it has to be that board needs to be wiped. Yeah, the slate needs to be wiped completely, and. Because I, I don't the, think I think they would take it take the company down with them. Right. I I it kind of plays into what I've been kind of predicting is that I honestly wouldn't be surprised if at the end of this, whenever this ends up, that Activision Blizzard ends up actually getting broken up and assets and studios get sold off to different areas. I really wouldn't be surprised if this is because if they're doubling down on like this, um, we were joking on. Uh, in our messenger group chat uh, about the stock price just plummeting for them 
after the release of this article, and I don't think it has since recovered since we've last checked. Yeah, let me let me take a quick look. Yeah, because um, I definitely have been keeping my eyes on that one. Um, but yeah, it took it took a pretty big hit. Literally the day it came out, it was like a, a holy cow. Like it went down by that much, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah no, I have they are still somewhere. so. At the beginning of the week, they were trading at seventy one ninety five. When when the markets closed on Friday, they were down to sixty two fifty a share. On the day that this happened, it dropped from seventy two down to sixty six, and then it's just been plummeting ever since. Yeah. So uh, as of now, for the month, they're down by uh, about just shy of twenty percent. Yeah, that is yeah. extremely substantial loss. Yeah, and if you want to look at it over the past three months, about twenty five percent, and for the past year, they've went down by about uh, seventeen and seventy point five percent. So yeah, that's that that's that's pretty crazy, and I I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I keep I keep trying to be optimistic and being like, hey, this is, is something that can't be because I don't want to see things. No, like, I don't want Blizzard to be broke up. No, I don't. Um, I don't want these. Uh, I I don't want be I don't want Blizzard to be broke up specifically. Right. Um, well, I don't want to see the other companies suffer because of the right. actions of these people. But unfortunately, as we've seen time and time play out. This is the pattern of behavior that is going to probably happen here. At least to I, I what do, I see is going to be the likely case scenario. I do see companies like uh, like Beanox and Raven and uh, High Moon. Um, I think they could benefit from it, though. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day... Well, I think of, like... I mean... Maybe, you know, selfishly for me, Toys for Bob, who... To, yeah, you know, we're working on the Spyro remasters and Crash Bandicoot. Now all they do is they just support Call of Duty. So those IPs are, as far as we're aware, sitting dormant. Yeah. So, I mean, I I don't know what's going to happen with this. You know, uh, you think you think you have you think you have it figured out, but. He, you really can't. This, you can't figure. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Literally, uh, you know, uh, Phil Spencer could say, "Okay, we've cut ties with them. There's, we're not going to have their things on our systems anymore." That wild thing is a possibility. It is possible. Like, um, it's not likely, but definitely not likely. But it is possible. It is possible. I mean, and that would mean something. PlayStation delisted Cyberpunk because yeah. of its poor launch last year. Yeah. So it's it is possible, but granted the their delisting was because of performance issues with the actual yeah. game and they didn't want that association with their console. They don't mind blood money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what what the response is, but I mean they are Phil Spencer flat out said they're reevaluating their relationship with these companies. But yep. So yeah, we'll we'll keep our eye on that. Um, I, I think uh, 
and, and more negative news just to push that forward. If you were expecting Saints Row here in February, it was pushed from February 25th to uh, August 23rd. Yeah. Um, so giving it, uh, you know, pushing it back to that like late summer. Um, I'm personally actually okay with that's this. That's good. Because yeah. let's be honest, like February was going to be, it still is a very stacked month for releases. There's just so much coming around that time frame. And yeah, so this is going to, I think, ultimately benefit Saints Row. I because we 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 came out from watching their announcement trailer pretty high on, uh, you know, expectations and stuff. And I'm like pretty optimistic on what we wanted to see from them. And so if they need more time to make sure that they're going to give the best experience that they can, I say power to them and stuff. And this is just okay. they don't get lost in the weeds of everything that's coming out in February too. Yeah, yeah. So ultimately, a good thing they get in there right before the uh, like bigger holiday rush. Their game will. Um, I, I can already see this game coming out full price, being amazing, getting you know get, getting um, those accolades, and then when holiday time rolls around, cool. That's going to be one that you'll see um, hitting some of those sales for that 2022 holiday. And so if it's it looks like they have their 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 plan laid out there for them. And if it's like really good, it also helps for things like game award recognition too because it'll be more fresh yeah. on people's mind than something that comes out in the beginning of the year where probably most people will only remember things like God of War coming out in January. Well, T- traditionally, Saints Row is something that comes out before Grand Theft Auto. Right. Um, they've probably been lost for a number of years. Probably because Grand point. Theft Auto just only keeps re-releasing <laughs> the same game. Yeah. <laughs> the, the urban Skyrim is <laughs> what I've been calling it. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, um, just some kind of needed news for a game. I, ho- I hope I hope we see something like this at the Game Awards this year. Just maybe some gameplay. Um, on what they've been working on. I, I'm excited I, to see I, what I'd, they I'd do with the that. franchise, how they change it up, and try to make their own space. I think there is enough room for another urban play box, and I would love to see what uh, they have to offer. Yeah, one day, hopefully, we won't be calling Saints Row the Grand Theft Auto's weird uncle exactly. anymore. We'll just be Saints Row. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Yeah. Um, the next thing I actually haven't seen anything about. I know we like you and I kind of talked about it just for a moment, and I mentioned I haven't seen anything about it. But I know you had a bit of info about um, yeah about what's going on here with this one. So I believe it was either leaked um, that originally that there was the possibility that Warner Brothers was looking into a Smash Bros. style fighting game, kind of like what what was it called Nickelodeon All Stars. Um, yeah, just came yeah. out here with a bit ago, and they'll be tapping into Warner Brothers IP. But this is called Multiverses, which I absolutely love the name. Good job on you. Uh, That's a good name, and it's going to um, feature a lot of iconic people from the Warner Brothers IP, including Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, Shaggy from Scooby Doo, Shaggy. Yep, That's amazing. Bugs Bunny. Just Arya Stark, Tom and Jerry, Jake the Dog, Finn the Human, Steven Universe, <laughs> Garnet, and then an original character called Rhine Dog. Rhine Dog looks awesome. 
Rhine Dog. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ryan Dog looks cool. It has like antlers and uh, has almost a wispy little mustache oh, with a with a beard. We're pronouncing this wrong. It's it's Rain Dog, like reindeer, but dog. Rain Dog. Yep. I, I haven't seen the name as yet. As soon as you said so, antlers, I just made I just, that realization. It's like, oh, we've been saying the wrong thing. But yeah, uh, you know, getting those voice actors. Um, to come back and do that, that has to be a pretty pretty daunting Oh, yeah. Thing. They're they're going to try to get uh, all their original voice actors for things like Kevin Conroy for Batman, Tara Strong for Harley Quinn, Maisie Williams for Arya Stark, uh, John DiMaggio for uh, Jake the Dog. It, they're yeah. not pulling any punches for trying to make their own space in the brawler fighting game area yeah I'm, I'm sure johnny would probably hate what i just classified hate this. well he probably would just hate yeah. what i just tried to classify this as here just remembering in the past year of our yeah. talks with like nickelodeon all-stars and super smash bros well i don't see any um i don't see any like things in the map you know what i mean right but this could also be an early preview too so it's, i'm not ruling out that there is a chance that there could be huh. items but it seems like... I, I, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, we've talked about the characters already. I, I want to go back and I want to I want to take a look at that list again. Oh, here it is, here it is. Yeah. Now, yeah, Tom and Jerry. I don't know how I missed Tom and Jerry when we ran through everyone's name. That's that's wild. And there's still a few question marks. Right. I We were list. talking about earlier, like, I was kind of surprised to not see like say neo uh, being added especially with how close um <laughs> matrix uh resurrections is coming out here granted that could be one of the question marks that we're seeing here and that could also play into their whole hbo max and movie lineup and stuff that whenever it gets close to a new movie it's like hey we're going to add another character to this game so dune part two comes yeah. out <laughs> here's um God, forget what his name is. Uh, yeah, yeah, the dude. Yeah, uh, the yeah, Timothy Jeffrey. Chalamet's character. Why can't I? It's it's like a simple name too, and I'm sure everyone listening is probably screaming that as like, it's Paul. It is Paul. Paul's his name, I think. Paul. I don't know. Fact checking yeah. on that one. I'm okay with that. It's Paul. All right. Yeah, I checked it up. It's Paul. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I do like the like on on the character selection screen. It has the character's name under it. It tells you what type of fighter they are, um, what their kind of alignment is uh, on on how their attacks kind of go, right. um, and then what they're from. So Bugs Bunny is a mage. That makes sense. Um, he attacks horizontally, and he's from Looney Tunes. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. Let's see if they touch on that anymore. Now they just kind of rest on, on Bugs Bunny there. I'm just kind of scrubbing through, hoping... Oh, wait. Hoping to see more. Oh, cool. They have um some different skins. So you see Superman. They have uh, a Black Lantern Superman skin. That's that's pretty dope. Changes, changes him almost entirely. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean... That makes sense to do it that way. Just uh, offer as more potential content that you can add to the game too. 
And this yeah. game is slated to be coming out, was it 2022? Um, no real point, just sometime next year on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Yeah, that's that's cool. It's fun. It's fun that they have um, Tom and Jerry are the ice climbers. That's yeah. not surprising. That makes sense to me. That's the second. That's the second ice climbers reference that we've had. Ice climbers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it looks fun. Um, I do know the that the other game, the Nickelodeon All Stars, that one's um, currently twenty bucks in some places here. That seems like it would be worth it. I, I like the characters that are in that one as well. Um, so it, it, it is interesting. You have your uh, opportunity to play these like multiple, you know, multiple similar style games. Uh, it reminds me of back in the day playing um, PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Well, it it's smart on their part uh, with the direction that they're going to, where it's just multiverses they're not singling out any aspect of warner brothers ip so they can add in whatever warner brothers character that they can that they have the rights to at any given point yeah so i could see this being expanded upon after launch in any way that they choose to do so yeah definitely um and the last bit of news is uh, the Game Award nominees for 2021 have been revealed. Um, I don't know. This is, pretty, this is a pretty good list. It's been... It, it, every year we look at the uh, the different um, like nominees. And for the last two years, it's felt a little weird. Um, and, and I say that because usually I feel like we have these really, really strong contenders. And you, you can tell. And then there's usually, like, an indie game or two that, you know, made the list that were really, really good. And everyone kind of, like, secretly, like, roots for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, I feel like... I, I feel like it is similar, kind of getting back to that. But at the same time... It could go to anyone. Um, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we have uh, Deathloop. Um, it Takes Two. Um, which was that that co-op uh, divorce the game that made yeah. a way out? Yeah, um, Metroid Dread. Uh, so we know who Johnny's voting for. Um, Resident Evil Village, uh, Ratchet and Clank uh, Rift Apart, which I have yet to play. It looks fantastic. Um, and then Psychonauts Two, which is on Game Pass. Um, so yeah, kind of a kind of a mixed up list. There's not a heavy heavy hitter. Like there, I mean, there are. You got Ratchet and Clank in there, Resident Evil. I apologize to the listeners. My neighbor has decided that now is the time to weed whack. So you may hear that going on <laughs> in the background. I'm going to try to adjust my okay. volume here. Yeah, I haven't heard anything yet. All right. Um, but yeah, that you know, that's pretty much it. You know, we'll get the rest of those uh, nominees if we haven't yet. I haven't actually looked at their list as of yet today um, to see like what's all up, what can all be voted on. Um, but the game awards, um, yeah, they are, uh, right around the corner. Right. Um, I'm looking up the exact date that that's, that that's going down here. December 9th. That is so, just only a few weeks away. It's weird to think that we are soon. already at this point that we're doing 
the Game Awards D- discussions. Yeah, get, talking about Game of the Year again, uh, ramping up for that. We'll do our usual thing um, of, you know, waiting until... Um, waiting until literally the end end of the year um typically we do that usually in the first part of the next year talking about hey the last full year i mean that makes sense to me it's the way they do it with movies as well they wait until the year is over with before they and that's because typically all your oscar drive movies are in december most of the time to try to keep them fresh in people's minds and stuff like that and you know we end up with weird situations like uh jedi fallen order potential you know missing out on being included with the game awards and then end up in the next year and just yeah getting no i mean out of this list um i do have psychonauts 2 downloaded i haven't played it same with it takes two haven't played it death loop i'm i'm waiting it's going to be on game pass so i've made the decision instead of paying for it i'm gonna wait I wonder if that's going to hurt Deathloop. Uh, probably not. I think in the mass general audience, they're probably not even thinking along the lines of Game Pass. Um, they're they probably haven't I mean, associated Deathloop with being Bethesda. I would think that. I I, I think just I was just meaning in general. Okay. Um, with it being, uh, you know, taking the Game Pass thing out of the equation, I wonder if those people that haven't played it yet are in the same camp as like I know I am. I think you might be in that camp as well where you're I, waiting to play Deathloop rather than spending. I am. Um, I'm, I'm back and forth on it because I see it's on sale in the PlayStation Store for like 40 bucks I believe is why I saw it. So I'm, And it's going to be on sale till November 30th for that price. And so I'm and it's been a while since I played the PlayStation 2, so maybe it might be a good excuse to get back on there. I've been going through the Game Pass library quite a bit here the last several months since I got onto it, and um, the PlayStation is kind of taking the backseat, so it might be a good opportunity to get back into it there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then and then you have Metroid Dread, which was received very well. Resident Evil Village again received very well. Scary game was people scary. loved. People loved that giant vampire woman, yeah. didn't they? Uh, yeah. yeah. No, this that's going to be a blind spot on me. I <laughs> I'm not usually one in the scary game, so. Um, yeah. I didn't play Ratchet and Clank. Um, Same. I didn't get it. Um, oh, I should look to see what that is on sale for because I bet that's probably marked down quite. It a is bit. on sale. Um, yeah. I. Maybe that's what well, the thing I is. is like I tried that. playing the 2016 Ratchet and Click remaster that came out, and I had fun with it, but it just didn't connect with me. I during that time frame when those games originally came out, I believe there was like two camps: you were either the Jack and Daxter camp or you were the Ratchet and Clank. I was the Jack and Daxter camp, so Fair. I didn't. Fair. I don't have the nostalgia for Ratchet and Clank like what other people do and stuff. But like I've always seen the games; they always look great. They always look like they were fun. But it was just—it was one of those things where I just kind of missed out on it because I never got around to playing them originally. Yeah, yeah. Right now, uh, Deathloop is fifty percent off. Dropped down to thirty bucks on PlayStation. Thirty bucks. That makes uh, it a little bit more Clank, enticing. Ratchet and Clank is um, twenty-nine percent off. Forty-nine sixty. Okay, so this uh, right now. is about the same markdown but, as what uh, Returnal was, which I was also looking at. It's I think the same as what Ratchet and Clank is. Yeah, and, and that again, Ratchet and Clank and Returnal are both those sixty nine ninety nine games. I wonder if it's because Deathloop's at fifty nine. 
those two games are first party studios whereas Deathloop is a third party studio could be if the that's why it's marked the way that it is yeah could be could be um one of the other things that I've looked at quite a lot, um, just to kind of take it a little bit off track right here at the end. Um, right now, Stadia is, you know, Johnny has mentioned it a bunch of times, but if you pick up a $30 game, you get the controller and a Chromecast for free. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I do want to support that uh, that technology I just haven't yet. Yeah, um, same here. Like, I, I've played around with xCloud quite a bit. I've also looked yeah. at Luna quite a bit because I have heard good things about Luna's um, streaming stability that is actually pretty good, which doesn't surprise me because it would, would be backed by the other biggest um, internet per, or server providing service. I, I, I'm probably saying that wrong, but it's backed by um, Amazon Web Services. Amazon. So, Yeah. I, uh, I, I did reach out to them. Um, on on our behalf on mammoth games behalf yeah. um on uh getting us because they were doing like a hey early access like come check this out and they never end up responding to us <laughs> so I, I was hoping to get um at least uh at least one or two controllers um so a few of us could check it out but that never ended up happening and i haven't seen too much about luna since but stadia stadia was the place to play cyberpunk right Yep, that's why I Cyberpunk remember. is $30. So that's interesting. I don't know. Now, is $30 would be for just the service, or is that also including into their library, which would get you Cyberpunk at no additional cost? So you'd be buying Cyberpunk so you'd still would be buying Cyberpunk. Yep, you'd still be buying Cyberpunk, the video game, right. and you would have access to play that at all times yeah. and then you have the opportunity to upgrade to pro mm -hmm. uh which would be really like the equivalent of game pass got it so that would get you into the library for stadia got it yep if if, if you wanted to go that route but if not you still have cyberpunk you still have access to play your game with the controller and with the chromecast for 30 dollars. okay not a bad deal no it doesn't sound like uh it's that bad of a deal at all yeah so um that one's out there. I don't know how long that's going to be around, but uh, but yeah, it could be worth it. Uh, but that is the show. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, Brian, before we bounce, do you have anything else that you want to point out? Uh, anything that we missed for the show or anything like Not that? Not that I can think of. I think we've covered all the major highlights for this week. Um, and then some. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> next week, Thanksgiving, so enjoy yourselves, eat some good food, spend some good time with family. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, we'll kind of stay posted on uh, what we plan on doing for that uh, for that live stream. So, uh, you know, just stay tuned. Follow us right over here, facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Or, uh, and, and or on Twitter, uh, at Mammoth Games Inc., um, but until next time, I am one of your hosts, Jay. Um, and with me this week, Brian. Again, thanks for joining me, man. All right, have a good one, guys.